And welcome to episode 235 of the Saturn Studs podcast. If I'm wrong, I'll redub it. Fuck it. <laughs> oh, it is Halloween this week. It's Kurt and I, Peter, your hosts, for a very spooky edition. I'm calling the Glowy Handlebars edition. You want to know why? That's why. He can light the night with his handlebars. <laughs> his handlebars. I'm Hal Oween. <laughs> it's my costume this year. What you may not know, it's the secret details of this costume, is not only does it have special effects like the one you just saw, <laughs> my head is packed by a thick foam of Almond Joys. <laughs> and maybe, maybe even the most cursed snack of all... Ooh, ooh, Gardettos! No, no, not the Gardettos! Ah, it's too spooky! <laughs> if you're yeah. wondering why the, uh, if you're wondering why my camera is so odd today, it's because there's been a Halloween curse placed on my, uh, <laughs> on my house, and the internet is out! There's no way to contact the outside world! Oh, so I'm, I'm stuck alone in my apartment on a sunny Saturday. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, here. We are in a room full of uh, strangers. This is definitely one you wanna wanna check out the video for. We are in costume. Jake was the one who suggested we do it in costume on Halloween, and he's also the one who's not here. So, fuck you. There is one imposter among us. <laughs> Um. Yeah, but here we are on the Halloween episode. I, I we've announced this topic in advance, I believe, but uh, we have previously spent Halloween efforts on not existing and <laughs> Medea movies. Uh, but now we're going to go through some of our Halloween favorites. Uh, and we don't really do lost spooky movies, so. We went with about the the spook. Well, Evil Dead Two is my spook tolerance level. Mm -hmm. So we 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 dialed back down a little notch from there, and we did Army of Darkness, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi, and uh, it is a cult classic for sure. The movie that got me into bad movies, which is uh, not that it's a terrible movie, but it has some B movie qualities to it. And uh, if I didn't, if I weren't sucked into terrible movies through this film, <laughs> this show wouldn't exist. That's that's so true. Sam Raimi, the master of camp, uh, he does it again, or he did it before. <laughs> this came out in the in the seventies, eighties. Uh, I think this one was nineties, actually. Nineties. So, it's like the greatest hits of yesterday and today. I like want to say 1992. <laughs> 1992. Uh, yeah. So it's a it's a fantastic movie. We'll discuss that in depth uh, later on. I will try to do as much of the show with the hood down as I can. But it is 
difficult to see. You can't see my eyes. And that works pretty much both ways. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, like, fine if you want to, like, walk around. But reading off a computer monitor might be a little bit challenging. But we're gonna we're gonna soldier on in Trey Watch here. Mm-hmm. We're gonna see some trailers. Um and what what trailers did we see? I don't I don't remember. There were a lot of them and I didn't care about most of them. So I just picked a few that caught my eye for one reason or another. Um so first up we have Vanguard. And we're talking about Vanguard for one reason and one reason only. It's got Jackie Chan in it. Oh no. So he's just he's just back, I he's, guess. He's back in it, man. He did the foreigner. That was like him dipping his toe in the pool. And he's like, okay, the recept that made some money. The reception was fine. So I'm back, baby. You can just tire me. My career's <laughs> recovered. We're, do- we're doing a feature. <laughs> <laughs> My career's recovered from the uh the tuxedo. Oh my god. I think that was actually the first Jackie Chan movie I watched. Oh, I watched it too. Like I I I will admit I was a stupid kid. <laughs> and they got me with the marketing. Um but yeah, Vanguard, it looks like a a Jackie Chan action comedy. Uh definitely aimed at the Chinese market, but that's fine. The uh that makes special sense. effects are Delightfully cheesy, and, uh, you know, if you're a fan of Jackie Chan and action comedies, then uh, this one will certainly be for you. It almost looks Bollywood-esque in the over-the-topness of the special effects, and I'm about it. There, There's that, there's that like, verve. There's that, like, style to, to Chinese special effects. I've seen more... Uh, more, I guess, clips of Chinese movies than I care to admit. Um, and I never know what they're about. But I, you can definitely tell because there's golden monkeys and ancient war- Chinese warriors and the fire looks like it came straight out of a mobile ad. <laughs> there's any fire anywhere. Like, the whole thing just looks like a... Ga- like, any Chinese movie I look at, it's like a gotcha game. I'm like, wh- where do I click to put in my fun money? To get another role of the Clash of Clan Champion Mans. <laughs> Where's your uh, screaming face looking right icon? Ah. Yeah. That uh, works as a as an app or as a clickbaity YouTube title. Like if I do that, ah, where's ah, the big red arrow that's like pointing to my armpit or some shit? I really hope... Um, I might even just screen grab it to make sure that it's the thumbnail. But I'm going to do my damnedest to make that the thumbnail for the video version of this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. Fucking perfect. And you know what? It's going to be it's going to be gangbusters. Oh yeah, it's going to be our most viewed video. We're going to we're going platinum. So OG fans Get your names to us now so we know who to recognize before we go go global. <laughs> who, to, who to save in, during the time of reckoning. <laughs> you are my first disciples. I will spare you. 
You will be saved from the wrath OG. of the almond joy? <laughs> OG fans, take some goat's blood and smear it on your door. <laughs> so you, we know who to save the reckoning. Uh, speaking of goat's blood, and then we have our first, <laughs> we have our first spooky movie trailer uh, of the day, and that is What Lies Below, and it is not a 2020 remake of What Lies Beneath, so exhale, people oh, who know what that I, movie is. Oh, I think I actually confused those two when you said that title. Oh, Jesus, okay. So you already know it's going to be just it's going to be stuck in everyone's heads. Just yeah. a real, real earworm. Well, that that's a cult classic. So that's they're probably intentionally confusing it. So people will in, be like, in the oh, grandma bootleg CD way. <laughs> yeah, because look, it's 2020. All these classic films are being re-released. And so I would say, oh, what lies below? That's in th- and like have a Mandela effect where, yeah, that's what that movie was called. The one with Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer. I love that movie. Let's go in and see it. And they're going to be like, wait a minute. And then the studio is going to be like, ha, 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 ha. We got your cash. <laughs> oh, my God. So what is so what is this movie again? Is it is it Evil Gophers? Uh, no, it is sadly less interesting than that. Um, this mom and her socially awkward... Uh, I'm I'm reading in the synopsis. Sixteen-year-old daughter. Uh, okay. Go to a, a lake house to meet her uh, new fiance, who is like the Ubermensch, and he's like too perfect, and she doesn't think he's human, but at the same time, he's trying to like seduce the daughter as well. It's uh, it's it's hitting on it from many angles, oh, and there's weird. scenes, there's scenes like where she's sleeping and she sees him like standing in her doorway, and another scene where he's like, she's like holding a flashlight in just a field with a, a truck behind her, and then he's in the mm-hmm. other side of the frame, you know. So tropes. So what you're saying is they've finally gone and done it. They've they finally cracked the the horror parody of hot stepdad <laughs> hot, hot stepdad stuff they're they're finally making evil hot stepdad yeah i guess um <laughs> I, my favorite part of this trailer is when it commands you to be in tregwaid <laughs> it is it this is, is this is the impressions focus audience <laughs> give us this review and then, sure enough, it worked because I, I saw some comments on the YouTube video being like, "Oh, this looks intriguing." <laughs> they incepted you, <laughs> you fools! Uh, oh my gosh! So it's uh, we got another real banger out there. Yeah, and uh, in the tradition of horror movies, noted horror movie starlet Drew Barrymore is. Uh, in a seemingly in a race with Adam Sandler to see who will create the biggest flop of the year um, <laughs> with the stand-in. It's a movie. Oh, no. Well, TJ Miller's in it, so it's good to see he's still getting work after his whole uh, 
uh, debacle, debacle there. <laughs> yeah. Um, the synopsis is a stand-in takes over an actress's career in the I- and identity after performing her community service for tax evasion. Wow. And if that premise isn't good enough for you, the whole thing is like, there's this comedy starlet played by Drew Barrymore who's like over the hill and a, a diva and all that, and then the stand-in comes in and the plot happens. And uh, you mean characters are going to have conflict in this movie? Yeah. Amazing. There's a Jeopardy Intriguing. scene. Or, no, I'm sorry, that's a talk show. Never mind. Uh, yeah, don't watch this. Just just don't. Don't reward oh. them with your hard-earned money. Drew, take the shovel, this, put it in the grave, and bury it more. This is another ah. one that's using title confusion, or at least it got me. We had What Lies Below, and now we have The Stand-In. And when I first saw it, I thought... I read The Stand. I'm like, oh, they remade The Stand? <laughs> With Drew Barrymore? <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting choice. God damn it, 2020, they'll make a female remake of anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steph King. It's her entire anthology. <laughs> they'll change it. Just she. <laughs> Dramatically less scary. Um, yeah, that's all I got. I was going to try to talk right. about Stardust, but to be truthful, I didn't watch the trailer, and uh, it's not about space, and the synopsis is there's, not helpful. Uh, there's a movie, if I if this fucking, this evil curse wasn't placed on my internet, I would have watched the trailer for um, Alistair Orr's Triggered, Actually, I, uh, I do want to talk about Stardust just a little bit. Um, okay, I read but this I will in- read, can I read off the, the synopsis for this movie, Triggered? Absolutely. All right. Nine friends, all harboring a dark secret, go camping in the woods. After a wild night of partying, they wake up with suicide bombs strapped to their chests, all with varying times on their countdown clocks. They decide to work out how to disarm the bombs or find help. Until they discover they can take one another's time by killing each other. But the movie's called Triggered. And I think it's funny. <laughs> and they're going to get a lot of people like, Aha, Triggered? Aha, I know that word. <laughs> I I'm know Halloween. <laughs> and I, I like that word. Oh, she didn't take the pumpkin, that bitch. <laughs> Diane didn't take the pumpkin we carved. She just left it for you. Have you know, leave, just leave it on your stoop till November, till the end of November, and just let just, it'll just rot. Yeah, just forget about it. Sad pumpkins. Um, Stardust is a uh, IFC Films biopic of David Bowie's transition to Ziggy Stardust. Um, with it's, Johnny uh, Flynn as David Bowie as Ziggy Stardust yeah Mark Maron's in the movie directed by Ghibli Range I don't know 
What else he's done? Uh, they've done a similar movie, uh, I believe. It was called The Man Who Fell to Earth. Let me mm -hmm. Google that. Yep, it's a, but that's like a sci-fi film, I think. Yeah. But it was like a similar, the trailers were similar from what I, David Bowie's in it, that's what it is, yeah, he's. Got you. Okay. Um. All right. I knew it was similar to the album, so I wondered if that was like a biopic. All right. So that's Trey Watch, baby. <laughs> oh yeah. Ow. Next up, we have the follow up, where we follow up on some of these movies we watch in Trey Watch, and it's a right proper time it's, had by it's all. There, money. They're coming back. Theaters money, are money, dead. Money, 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 so, money, money, money. Yeah. I, I did learn something interesting. Um, What's that? This week. So um, w one question that we haven't been asking uh, because no one's been asking it um, is how are small independent theaters doing during this time of crisis? And apparently what the uh, one of the ways they're getting some support is through I think it's called Kino Share or something like that, where you it's so it's a streaming service of tiny independent movies. But before you buy your movie, you know, you buy the you rent the movie for full price. Right. Um, and then you choose which um, theater you would have gone to see it in and it'll send them the money. Ah, interesting. So for folks like my parents who that's just that's just what they do. They just go to the the old independent cinema. You well, sit down. They watch a watch a biopic about a neurosurgeon. <laughs> they uh, that's what the, that's what you can do now. You can spend twelve bucks and you can you can send it to your local local cinema time cinema place. Yeah. So yeah, there is a nice local cinema. It, it showed like first run big movies. It wasn't just mm -hmm. all indie films, but uh, in Suffern, New York, there's a nice theater called the Lafayette Theater. It's a movie theater now, but it was like a, a playhouse at one point, presentation hall. Mm -hmm. And they, they kept that aesthetic intact for the most part. And that's the seating's the same. It's a pretty neat place and reasonable prices on their concessions. That's how it goes. Like the old theaters, good good value. Good value on the old theaters. Yeah. And then they get renovated. It's like, fuck. God damn it. Um, what about so, the movies in those theaters, Kurt? The movies in those theaters are as follows, and I quote, taking the number one spot for the 43rd weekend of 2020, spanning October 23rd to 25th, we have Liam Neeson's Honest Thief once again in the top spot. was there last time. Uh, it was our spotlight film, as a matter of fact. Uh, that grossed a meager 2.354 million dollars which is down 42.8 percent from last week despite being in 77 more theaters um thus far that has made um my eyes are getting tired of the <laughs> shall the mask come off pop this up a little bit just so i can read oh my god my eyes are adjusting <laughs> All right. How um, do you trick or treat at night in that thing? You don't. If you, if you, if, <laughs> oh my god. 
I'm I'm blind as a bat. Ooh. These aren't See, ears on my head. <laughs> you just need the tech. <laughs> yes, I need to go shopping with fucking LeVar Burton <laughs> over here. Data, we need to recalibrate the warp core field. <laughs> the antimatter matter ratios together. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> it's in a fucking book. Um, fifteen point seven million dollars is what Honest Thief has made with an almost fifty-fifty split of domestic and international, which is uh, rare in a movie like that. That clearly was not made for yeah <laughs> for an overseas audience. Uh, where's Grandpa? Oh, if anyone can, good. I was gonna say, if anyone can sell movies overseas, it's like George Clooney and Liam Neeson. And yeah. Brad Pitt. Although Johnny Depp is like one of the American actors that's known well overseas too. I remember I was in a a taxi cab in Athens and the taxi driver uh asked me about what I felt about Johnny Depp. <laughs> and I was like Johnny Depp. Okay, so I guess that's that's where we're at culturally here. <laughs> That's where the divide is at between our two nations. The Jonald department. Yeah, it's uh, that one's probably just because of Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, yeah. Well, he's also like in it. the news a lot. I get, he's in a lot of like gossip news, and I guess like that's what of American culture gets over there. Oh no, the paparazzi. Ah, oh, that's that's sad. I'm sad. Well, I mean, Let's I don't know. On. Or maybe that's like what they have in relevance. They probably don't focus too much on America. They have their own problem issues. Uh, War with Grandpa at number two. Just a hair under $2 million, down 23.7%. That's holding remarkably well. Because now's the time to release a family movie. And 85 so. more theaters. The Empty Man opened in third with $1.3 million gate. Uh, 20th Century Studios. This is their swan song. There's no 20th Century Fox anymore. And that should scare you. <laughs> yeah. Because they're ending on The Empty Man. The Empty Man is a movie... That has a 6.2 out of 10 rating on IMDb. It's a uh, crime drama horror based on a graphic novel with some uh, less than stellar cover art. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's an understatement. I saw a picture of the I saw one screenshot of the trailer and it was a little skeleton skelly man. (laughs) He was like, ah, like Sam. Army of Darkness had better skeletons than the guy in this trailer. <laughs> oh, God, I love that movie so much. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, people? People, people are decent. Uh, it's got a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a 2.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd. But a pretty good rating on IMDb, which is interesting because the audience score on... Uh, the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is only 37. So you would think that people wouldn't rate it a 6.2 on uh, IMDb. I guess all the graphic novel fans 
came and flooded the 10-star reviews to bring the average up. Really? Oh, was this a graphic novel? That, yes, Fury literally just said it was based on a graphic novel with less than stellar cover oh! I need. I'm low. I'm. A, I got low blood sugar. I need to. I need a snack. <laughs> You're just pulling them out. You're not even eating them. I, that's the most that's, disturbing maybe that's part why I'm of hungry. this. <laughs> Instead, I just. I just have them. All right, there that goes. Don't eat on camera. It's bad for you. Even though I eat on camera all the fucking time. <laughs> well, we're terrible at that. <laughs> When you're hungry, oh. you're hungry. I, I won't apologize for that. Um, but anyway, who gives a fuck about what professional critics have to say? They're not real people. Not anymore. They sold their soul to the devil. Um, <laughs> so we're going to go to IMDb user reviews written by real people with real reviewer traits. We've checked out their backgrounds. The women they bleed with are clean. <laughs> they bleed with? Yes, that's oh, how no. that's oh, how no. that's how you do. You have to sacrifice some blood to the uh, the newspaper god that they'll have enough money to uh, hire you as a reviewer. That's that's uh, that's interesting because the uh, I think the first step toward our, our worship of the machine gods is is the blood sacrifices we make to the sh blood sugar readers. <laughs> It's going to turn the maximum level. <laughs> is this much? It's just all Scientology. The machines are all Scientologists. You don't have enough fightings. <laughs> oh, what do we got to say about this, Kurt? What do we got to say? Our first user review comes from the uh, to love the lovely mouth of Chub Sturt. Um, he gave it a 10 out of 10, and his review title is titled, Be Open-Minded and Patient, <laughs> submitted what? the 24th of October. The movie is just insane. All I can say, all I can say, be open-minded and patient. The movie is slow-paced in a good way at the beginning, then picks up intensity with WTF moments until the opening title for the movie. <laughs> oh, just, good. And just, then it's all just downhill. Just dwell on that there. Then you're back to pace where it started, leaving you at a what WTF just happened state while wondering if the guy was dreaming or hallucinating. Then it starts with a new character with a vivid background. Then when the story starts to get going again, you start to understand what's kind of going on, So, or so you think, lol. Then little by little, the intensity picks up. Then once it's picked up, and there's parts where your heart is really going to start beating. Oh, Jesus, the pros. <laughs> That's just, your... I can I can feel that person writing this on their phone in traffic. <laughs> this your... is what the person next to you in the car next to you is doing at that stoplight. They're writing an IMDb review. <laughs> then you're starting to question reality with the creepy factor at a all-time high. The forest scene. There's no commas or any other punctuation. Just periods at random intervals. <laughs> Forest scene will get your heart going. Trust me. 
Then once the movie is starting end, you find out what happened to the guy at the beginning while figuring out the purpose of the new guy at the end of the opening title of the movie. Like I said, the story requires you to be open-minded and patient for you to fully understand and enjoy the movie. It's very intense. Oh, our first comma is creepy, supernatural, heart-racing movie. Perfect Halloween movie for date night or watching it by yourself. Period. Four ghost emojis. Eight out of 20 found that helpful. I needed to be patient, open-minded reading that fucking review. I can't believe that eight uh, that 20 people could read that. <sighs> wow. And that's, eight people gleaned yikes. enough from that to upvote it? What? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Maybe they were sponsored. This is If they were sponsored, this is the worst sponsored ad ever. Um... <laughs> Like uh, like Al Luck has to say, because uh, he's got a conspiracy theory about stuff. We're good. We're fine. It was going so well. It was going so well. <laughs> and it will. Al Luck, you have bad luck. Now let me read your review. The Empty Man, 1 out of 10. Cast and crew stuffing the ballots. This movie was incredibly boring. The first 20 minutes could have been left out entirely, and you wouldn't have missed a thing. The lead actor was solid and did everything he could to save this meandering mess, but with so little work, he was empty. (laughs) It was so mundane, the viewer waits and waits and waits for something exciting or remotely scary to happen, and we get nothing. I'd rather watch another Final Destination or Scream or We Know What You Did Last Summer flick than suffer through this garbage. Hollywood is dying, and this is solid proof as to why. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 18 found that helpful. Amazing. Ready to double dip? (laughs) Yeah, I'm ready to double dip. With a more tepid review? (laughs) Yes, although... I would not call this tepid. Um, fi- by a uh, Bola Hornot. Bola Hornot? I don't know. Uh, five out of ten. Are you scared of hobos? The prologue is pretty well done with a captivating introduction to our supernatural horror set against a scenic backdrop. However, the film goes steeply downhill from there, descending into an incoherent narrative. Plot points are not well-spaced out, leaving tedious interludes and moviegoers scratching their heads at an incomprehensible ending. As for the horror factor, our protagonist is plagued by the titular Empty Man, but the hobo-looking Empty Man inspires no fear, unless you're scared of hobos, that is. (laughs) 10 out of 21. All right. I have a short 10 star I'm going to read, and then I have a little bit more of an Iliad, but it's so pretentious that I had to read it. Um... So the short one is Matt Nutrix beats uh, his 10 of 10 review. The empty man is really good. (laughs) The trailer makes the movie seem all right, but the movie's plot and storyline is amazing. Not enough amazing enough to earn an exclamation point, though. 
It's not your average horror movie with a unknown spirit pop up out of nowhere, spelled incorrectly, K-N-O-W-H-R-E. I-G-R-E. It that's, really... That's the place from fucking uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. It really has a deep meaning in life in the sphere well. Plus, a lot of plot twists. Highly recommend the movie. Three out of eight found that helpful. Now, Aiden Rates Movies has rated this movie 10 out of 10. And I think just the title will be enough to give you a sense of how this review is going to sound. Uh, destined to be a cult classic, The Empty Man is easily the best horror film of the year. Films like this is the reason why I miss 20th Century Fox. Sure, they have a, their handful of duds in the past, but no company has ever truly been there to give great films a chance like them. Comma, and The Empty Man shows that even up to its fatal end by the hand of Disney, it still accomplished just that. I loved this film. Granted, you may see familiar elements in this film and other horror flicks, but it plays on those tropes in such an interesting and unexpected way that I couldn't help but praise it for its originality. This isn't like any horror film before, I assure you, nor is it the film trailers led you to believe it was. What this film is, is not a stereotypical cliche. That's in a positive. Is not a stereotypical (laughs) cliched filled nightmare that we will see all too often today but a brilliant psychological horror with flair to spare <laughs> flair to spare it contains oh my god is this the guy who writes charlotte's promos <laughs> it contains Maybe. some great it would explain a lot it contains some great performances some excellent writing and some of the best cinematography i've seen all year james badge dale the author of this review Proves to be a funny and charismatic lead to follow. And Joel Courtney. That's just it. Marin Ireland. Not Jai Jai Courtney, but Joel Courtney. Marin Ireland and Stephanie Root provide stunning supporting performances as well. Surprisingly, there isn't much music to really comment on. But needless to say, the atmosphere is chilling. And the sound used throughout is honestly terrific. I usually don't care for things in films like sound, but something about the way this film looked, acted, and sounded just made it feel so incredibly grounded that I couldn't help but be, be couldn't help but awe at every moment it was on screen. It can be a bit of a slow burn, but the film always remains interesting and provides a rather compelling and clever mystery to follow. It might not be what you expected. It might not be for everyone, but The Empty Man is easily one of the best horror flicks I've seen in some time, as well as the best films in general of the year. My rating? 10 out of 10. 2 out of 4 found that helpful. No one cared. That is as helpful as the other insane review. Um, and if you haven't grown tired of the sound of my voice, I have a one-star review for you. <laughs> it's short, though. Uh, Kimmy58746 has a 1 out of 10 review of the Anthony Band title. What the? I can't believe I, not capitalized, 
took the family to the movies to support the cinema in these COVID times to sit through over two hours of this mess to be feeling like an empty man and empty wallet. Double sad face emoji. Don't know what this movie was trying to be because it ain't no horror. Zero out of two people found that helpful, but I found that extremely helpful. Keep it up, Kim. Mm-hmm. Now this one, this next one, I, uh, I, 11 out of 20 found it helpful. I, I think I need to help this person. This person needs help, not the movie. Um, L. Win- L. Winch of Man uh, review will be here for you because you wrote this review. Four out of ten. I, I just want to be scared. I hate I hate writing bad reviews. I really wanted to like this movie. <laughs> Unfortunately, it takes itself way too serious and fails to be self-aware. Instead of settling for fun, campy horror, it took a philosophical, psychological route that resulted in a very boring, unengaging two hours of runtime. Not one moment of the movie was scary, and the ending was unsatisfying. This one hurt to watch. It's obvious why Disney bo- didn't bother marketing the film. Overall, The Empty Man is a very empty movie. And, <laughs> and this reviewer sounds just dead inside. Just, I just want to be scared again. Oh my god. Hold <sighs> on. Oh? I'm on Aiden Wright's movies page. Uh-huh. And he has a review of The Honest Thief. Which I'm pretty sure I almost took last time. <laughs> he mostly reviews horror movies, and he uh, he tends to rate things highly. Except he did not care for Come Play. Uh, yeah, that's about it. He also is a South Park fan. He's reviewed several episodes. <laughs> oh, reviewing episodes of South Park. I see. Yeah. I don't know what that says about a man. Neither do I. Perhaps it doesn't say anything at all. <laughs> what what drives a man to neutrality? Is it the, <laughs> is the lack of decision a lack of opinion in his heart? Or are some men just born neutral? <laughs> Honest uh I'm sorry, Jesus. Tenant is in fourth. million down 19% and leaving 200 theaters. It's made $52 million domestically. Wow, that's impressive for these days. Mm -hmm. Um, 341 worldwide. Nightmare Before Christmas, 2020 release in fifth, $577,000. Hocus Pocus, uh, we release... Um, five hundred and thirty thousand dollars. I love how Walt Disney Pictures released Nightmare Before Christmas under Touchstone because they weren't sure that it would play well with their audience. But now that they know that it's okay, they release it as Walt Disney Post Pictures. You're mine now. <laughs> Come join your other family, Jack Skellington. <laughs> Monsters Inc. 2020 release Disney is like well we're gonna dominate the box office one way or another uh keep doing it that opened in seventh with four hundred and ninety four thousand dollars in 1800 theaters uh after we collide 
is based on a 2014 romance novel of the same name. This follows the love life of two young adults. That's the synopsis. <laughs> Why would anyone watch a movie with that synopsis? It follows the love life of two young adults. Oh, really? Is it particularly Which, interesting? Like, let me know about these just, characters. It's just ca- like CC camera footage, closed circuit cameras, just them yeah. on dates. Yeah. Um. Then we have two hearts down three spots to ninth, $319,000. And the Adams Family 2020 re-release. Oh, of the animated one? Didn't that just come out this year? Yeah, and it did. I don't think it did well. And they're already re-releasing. They're like, we'll just put it back out. It worked. Well, it's, for, it's Halloween it worked now. For Infinity War. <laughs> yeah, it worked for Avengers. It worked for us. Oh yeah. Hold Little on. do you know that everyone's gonna fucking watch the monsters. That's what you do. There was a Monsters. Yes, watch reruns of the Monsters. But apparently there was a Monsters movie that was a terrible flop. They tried to reboot it. I saw a a video for it on uh, YouTube talking about the forgotten failure that was the Monsters movie. But yes, I was always a Monster Man myself. Never really cared for the... Monster Go Home. I see. And it is in color. That would have which is weird. Yeah. But Monster Go Home, that would have been sixty six. Mm-hmm. No, it's Can gotta be tell me wh- No, it's gotta be one of these other movies. Monsters film se- series. So there's Monsters Go Home. That had the original cast. So that okay. would have been fine. Mini Monsters, which was an animated movie. The Monsters Revenge from 1981 also had the original cast. Uh, Here Come the Monsters, 95. That was probably... That sounds... It's a 90s reboot of a, of a classic TV show, yeah. Yeah, and Monsters Scary Little Christmas. Yeah, that had none of the original actors coming back. Al Lewis was probably dead, though. Yeah. Can someone tell oh, me? Oh, no, shit. He was acting in 2006. Oh, my God. What? Who was he? Who was he, he? What was his role? He's Grandpa Munster. Oh, as... Okay. I thought he was just like that actor was just acting in different roles. Oh. Now well, he just doesn't need makeup. He, well, he's he's passed. He passed away in 2006 at 82 years old. So he's working right That's up until he died. Like Ernest Borgnine. There's a name what about for Ernest you. Tech Nine. <laughs> can, can, <laughs> I've now earned. Is that Ernest the Robocop? <laughs> Ernest, Tech, Ernest Borgnine recast as Robocop. He's Ernest Tech Nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Movies. Yeah, they exist. They are pictures in motion with they sound. Are, they are a bunch of pictures played together in rapid succession um or at least they used to be now it's all digital and it's kind of a different thing entirely um gaming news so 
good news. news. There's good news and bad news. So, and it's so uh, Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed again to December 10th. But for all of those of you who were trying to get your hands on a new GPU before Cyberpunk came out so you could experience the ray tracing, uh, you got you got more time to do so. Mm-hmm. In fact, just this week, uh, NVIDIA launched the 3070. And uh, yeah, it's, it's basically a 2080 Ti that has a retail wow. price of uh, $499, which is a lot less than the 2080 Ti originally retailed for. Um, but good luck finding it at that price anytime soon. I, I saw more people ended up getting cards this time around, but most people still did not get cards, and they're um, already being scalped for double the price on eBay. So that situation is going to be a mess for a while. Um, so you got some time yet. Um, people are really freaking out about this. Look, it's three more weeks. <laughs> and from my understanding, and I have done some research into this, my understanding is that the issue delaying the release is not so much that the game isn't finished, but the game doesn't run well on PS4, Xbox One. And so something about the distribution requires those versions to be in a better state before they release everything. But it gives them more time to do optimizations and bug fixes, and that's always fine. Like, you can wait. It's not going to kill you. You've you've yeah. were waiting since April... What's <laughs> what's our fucking tenet listeners this is the other thing we'll quiz you on when you fucking when the reckoning comes <laughs> did you pre-order a game in the last 12 months if so you'll never get to see it you'll be dead <laughs> we'll kill you you uh should rarely rarely pre-order there are certain Can exceptions I offer you an almond joy <laughs> oh uh, this too much fun. Can't stop. I literally can't stop. They're coming. They keep coming. I'm in choice. They keep coming. Um, uh, so that's that's a thing. But uh, also, if you're waiting on an NVIDIA card and are upset with NVIDIA, worry not because AMD has clapped back in a pretty major way so they unveiled their big navi lineup of gpus which consists of three cards the rx6800 which retails for 579 dollars and outperforms a 2080 ti by a healthy margin probably not enough margin to justify the price delta between that and a 3070 but mm -hmm. there is a consideration depending upon what you're doing if you're not gaming at 4K, this really isn't a big limitation, but the 3070 is kind of being marketed as a 4K graphics card, and it only has 8 gigabytes of VRAM, which uh, is enough for now. Like, I think the most 
most I know of VRAM a game using in 4K is Red Dead Redemption 2, which I think with maxed out everything uses 6.2 gigabytes of VRAM. So you have a little bit of headroom there. But the 6800 has 16 gigabytes of VRAM. So you've got a little more there, but a little worse ray tracing performance. I don't know that it's going to be worth the extra $80, but uh, I'm not the one to make that decision because um, I already bought a top skew 2080 Ti for a good deal. And I I don't care about my computer. <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing here is like would make sense. Like these all draw a ton of power and... You don't need that much performance for 1080p. Um, mm-hmm. The 6800 XT trades blows with the 3080 for $649. So it, if according to AMD's benchmarks, we'll see if those are true in third-party scenarios. But it wins some games against the 3080. It loses other games against the 3080, but they're very close in performance. And it's just a little bit less expensive. And then the sixty, the big news here is the sixty nine hundred XT for a thousand dollars nine ninety nine outperforms pretty handily in some cases the fifteen hundred dollar thirty ninety from Nvidia. There are some caveats though. It had uh, Rage mode on, which is AMD's simplified overclocking button mm-hmm. um, and smart access memory, which I believe is only available on the next-gen Ryzen CPUs on a 5-series board. Um, so there are some caveats to that, but people have to, and people are kind of freaking out about it, but you have to remember, it's $500 less. So even if under normal circumstances, it's a little bit behind the 3090 or on par with it. It is $500 less. You can <laughs> buy a CPU and a GPU. You can buy a new Ryzen CPU and the 6900 XT and still have more money than you would if you bought a 3090. And the 3090, you're only going to be able to get that kind of performance out of if you have like a 10900K or one of the new Ryzen CPUs. So what even is the the difference? Like it's a it's a win for AMD. Just let it go. Use your noggin. So these these are exciting. It's really nice to see that once again AMD is competitive with uh Nvidia in the high end. That's only going to be good for consumers. We might not see it right away, but there could be some price cuts on 30 series GPUs in response or some new SKUs. I've heard rumor of a 3080 Ti, which I don't know where you fit a 3080 Ti in between a 3080 and a 3090 because there's like not a huge performance difference between the two despite the huge price difference. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like 14%. It's like the same as the 2080 Ti and the 3080 at 1440p, which is why I bought a 2080 Ti. It was only like 12% less performance at 1440p. And it was a top skew liquid cooled 2080 Ti. 
for about the same price as an MSRP 3080, which I'm not seeing anytime soon. <laughs> so I was like, eh, fuck it. Yeah, I'll buy that. Yep. I'll buy that for a dollar. But these are going to sell out the same way the NVIDIA cards sold out. AMD might be a, do a better job of filling stock afterwards because they're using TSMC's 7 nanometer process node, which they've used before with the uh, RDNA 1 cards. And they use, I don't, obviously, I think it's a different process just based on the die size, but it might all be wafers. Mm-hmm. Um, but they use that for the Ryzen CPUs as well. So they're really well ensconced with TSMC and they, they do have pretty decent yields compared to Samsung's 8 nanometer node, which NVIDIA is using and NVIDIA is not doing a good job of meeting demand. <laughs> but these are going to sell out just as quickly as the NVIDIA cards. More people might get cards, but not everyone's going to, not everyone who wants a card is going to get a card and there's going to be a stock issue for a while, no matter what you get. But remember, um, there's really not a huge demand to upgrade your GPU unless you're unhappy with your GPU's performance. Just just get get a few more years out of it. Save some money. There's new GPUs like every other year. It's the latest and greatest now isn't going to be the latest and greatest in two years. So, like, if you can wait, Don't wait. future-proof. Not going to happen. Don't contribute to the e-waste problem. Xbox Game Pass added 10 games uh, yesterday or on Thursday. So PUBG Mm -hmm. has been added to Xbox Game Pass, Five Nights at Freddy's, 1 through 4, Scourgebringer, Day of Tentacle Remastered, and Full Throttle Throttle Remastered, and Grim Fandango Remastered. Ooh, cool. Unruly Heroes as well. Uh, Grim Fandango is a is a game that I did not know was remastered. Yes. Um, I had heard that. Well, that's kind of neat. I heard it also didn't age so well. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to play it. Yeah, I can find out because I'm a Game Pass subscriber. <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Uh, Viz- this story is from Engadget. Vizio's latest TVs add FreeSync and 120 hertz 4k gaming support just in time for the new consoles um i do remember hearing about this um in a linus tech tips video a while back but their new p series and oled televisions have i'm sorry their m series supports amd FreeSync. And their P-Series supports 4K 120 FPS gameplay. Huh. Oh, and has AMD 3 Inc. Premium, which is... Premium. They used to call it FreeSync 2, but that got a little confusing because it's not really a replacement for FreeSync. It's just a little more tuned, so I guess they're calling it FreeSync Premium now. Um, Those... Are, it's just a little bit more tuned uh, for latency. And I think, well, both of these should be usable if you have an NVIDIA GPU. 
because NVIDIA GPUs, I believe, now work on FreeSync monitors and newer G-Sync monitors, not mine, unfortunately, but newer G-Sync monitors do have support for uh, FreeSync from AMD GPUs. So you can kind of go both ways now, which is uh-huh. good for the consumer. Um, these kind of, if I recall correctly, they have some pretty good pricing on certain sizes. I think the 65 inch, uh, super P series one is about, I want to say 1200 or maybe $1,500, which isn't too bad for like a really full featured TV. Of that size mm-hmm. and resolution. Um, but they have some... Uh, no, I'm sorry. They have some... Yeah, they do have some smaller and less expensive options depending upon what you want. Like, for instance, I have a 55-inch TV in my living room. I don't even know if a 65-inch would really fit well in the space. Like, there's such <laughs> a thing as too much TV. And... Uh, Peter's video has gone out. I don't know if he's still connected. And I switched sides. Hi, everyone. Okay. Welcome back. Was that... Was that Mike? Was that the curse? It could have been. Or did you... I don't know. I, I touched a I touched a piece of metal. Made me my entire body conducted. <laughs> uh, the tricity. It's amazing, like, how much different your wall looks from this angle on this camera like looks orange it looks like a completely different setting (laughs) oh yeah it's um there's just a lot it's it's like living in one of those photo reflectors like the um when they go to the photo shoot in one of the uh what do you call those the ones where they to the to make the diffuse lighting soft boxes yeah it's like living in a soft box and there's the screen. As you can see, my hand is close to the screen and it is an entirely different color than my face when it is back here. It's 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 wild. I live in a technicolor box, Kurt. <laughs> You'll never know my pain. <laughs> You're right. I, I will I'll never know the pain of being in this apartment. <laughs> oh, Yeah, um, but there is some ripple effect from Mm -hmm. Cyberpunk's delay. Other games are now delaying in order to not compete with Cyberpunk 2077. Um, The Path of Exile 3.13 endgame expansion was planned for December 11th released. And just last week, Grinding Gear Games said the expansion was on track to hit that date in a very stable and polished state. But now that 2077's release is being moved back to December 10th, they have gone ahead and moved their release to January of next year. Cyberpunk's actually just pushing out all the competition. They can. It's like uh, when your body raises its temperature to to kill all the other viruses we'll survive the fever <laughs> and cyberpunk is just delaying it knowing that their audience will still be around while the the other games being delayed they'll just lose all hype yeah. once they're the last game on the market 
then they'll release. <laughs> um, but that's one of the uh, only examples they gave in the article here. But mm-hmm. other games slated for release around that time might also consider pushing themselves back. But we shall see. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's about that's about it for gaming news. Kind yeah. of a light week. Well, I mean, a lot of tech tech news this week but as far as the actual games go uh not much except apple's being sued again i saw this morning (laughs) for antitrust practices in france so i don't know if that's going to lend any credence to epic's lawsuit against apple but they're not the only people suing them for antitrust so yep it's a big problem i know among us got a they got halloween skins that's it and now it supports colorblind uh uh handicap support yeah which is good um and then I, that's, that's, that's that's the only gaming news i know of fuck it yeah it's been like um, i said pretty light week in that regard yep so that leaves us more time to talk about arm of darkness Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. I must say, uh, I must take one second before we, before we continue. My my lifeline's waning. My power is waning. I if we could take a moment, I need to uh, kill a virgin in the back and um, fix it all up. So we'll pause quickly. Just like a couple minutes and then we will get on with our army of darkness all right we should be back okay i just wasn't moving much uh is this count as breaking the 180 degree rule video viewers uh chime in Am I upside? Wait, am I upside down now? No, <laughs> like you turned your phone 180 degrees. <laughs> Just about the other axis. We are like clipping. Mm. I'm surprised that that's not like drawing the focus of the camera. So good on this fucking thing right here. Yeah, good on Samsung for correctly identifying depth of field and face finding technologies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, back. And slaying a virgin, surprisingly not, is not a euphemism for taking a poopy. Well, all these unforced technical errors also, you know, they kind of draw into what is so, you know, magnetic about Army of Darkness. Um, this is not like a low budget film. It was $11 million in budget. Uh, mm-hmm. So the Evil Dead series directed by Sam Raimi is a uh, is a bit of a confusing uh thing if you're you're on the outside looking in uh yes. so the evil dead was a movie they made for like what did bruce say in his book it was like eight something thousand dollars um mm-hmm. they made it on 16 millimeter film that they had blown up to 35 millimeter <laughs> In the early 70s. I think 71 was its official release date. And it was a modest success, but became a cult classic. But what it did is it got Sam Raimi on the map. And he would go on to have success and direct 
you know, movies like Dark Man and Crime Wave and stuff like that. Not that Crime Wave was a success, but he had some bigger successes. And so he came back later with some more money and he did a soft reboot remake sequel is it was a reboot sequel <laughs> i guess that's a soft reboot but it was called evil yeah. dead 2 but it's the same plot as evil dead 1 just with some comedy in the form of like over the top violence and hammy acting and uh more money so it looked nicer and, and all that and evil then Dead 2 the search for more money the sequel to Evil Dead 2 is this movie, Army of Darkness. Evil Dead 2 came out, I think, 87. So this was a good five years later. Um, and it had a modest budget of $11 million and was a modest box office success, uh, generating $21.5 million of revenue, but also went on to be a cult classic uh in its own right and is my favorite of the the three movies because it is uh it is wonderfully campy uh you've got jason and the argonauts style fighting against skeletons Mm -hmm. you've got just like really deliciously early 90s blue screen effects (laughs) Even I think as even before. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Some of it was '90s. Some of it was like very '80s. It felt like like Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters had better, better special effects. Well, Ghostbusters had a much bigger budget. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. quintuple the size. Of this. Oh, fuck it. Well, quintuple had four times the actors, four times the budget. What are you gonna do? Sam Raimi is equal to four. Wait, what's his name? I want. I just want to say Vankman. I just want to call him Vankman. Uh, Bill Murray's. He's four Bill Murray's. <laughs> um, yeah, this is my favorite movie too out of the three. On on account of I haven't seen any of the others, and the only other Sam Raimi film I think I've ever seen was uh, was the Spider Man's. Spider Man. Spider Man. One, two, and, it, and a lot three. of things make sense. Um, yeah, it's, you may not know it, but I, I think Sam Raimi, he might be a fan of comic book style stuff. <laughs> just may, just maybe, you know, just that kind of medium. No, to me, um, yeah, this felt like I, so let me say this first. I can see why they wanted to do a, they wanted to reboot it in a couple years ago, right? When was that? When was that? Uh, 2013. Okay. I could see why they wanted to do it as like a TV show. As oh, like oh, oh, the thing. Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yeah, that's yeah. 2015, and it's still going, and okay. it's great. Good. Um, because it's a little more it, horror esque than this. Like I'd say, it's closer to Evil Dead Two in terms of like the actual horrorness of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's some. There's one. There's one scene, and it wasn't that it was so scary, but it was like. It was gross. Like I couldn't, couldn't take it. Um, and I, I'll just, I won't give away any context. But there's a scene where a deadite, through use of its intestines, 
drags Bruce Campbell's head up through its putt. <laughs> and it's, uh, the detail is a little more extreme than was necessary. That's, that's amazing. Um, but yeah, this movie felt like, it felt like a run of a pulp comic series that could have been called Evil Dead. And every, you could have cut this movie into 10 minute segments. Because each segment could have been in own its own little episode. There was, <laughs> it was all, it was all content, all killer, no filler. This is, yeah, it's a it's a trim eighty one minutes long, which I didn't know you could even legally release in theaters. <laughs> and yet here we are. Um, yeah, there was, a, like I say, it's like a comic book, kind of because in a comic book. You just get the key parts. The key, every every frame is important. It in, illustrates something important, and you use the white space to use your imagination to kind of bridge the gap. And it felt like there are some scenes where, like everything flows in the movie. You don't you don't really think about it. But I found myself being like, man, he's just going right. There's there's no downtime from the end of one uh, scene or end of one um, activity, one part of the movie into the next. It's very much just like, boom, I'm in the past. Boom, now they got me. Boom, now the deadlights attack. Ba-ja, ba-ba, ba-ba-ba. <laughs> Karate chop. <laughs> got kung fu bitches. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the pace is a little frenetic, but I think it, it kind of has to be for it. And there is like, like yes, events flow, bing, bam, bang, bam, boom. But the the pacing of the scene itself, there are some slower ones, like when the mini ashes attack him. That there's some more setup to that, uh, and like there's not a lot of action happening because it's Bruce Campbell acting on on a green screen. Right. He just he indulged Bruce with that one. It's <laughs> like here, here's a good half an hour, just you and me together at last. I'll I'll be behind the camera, and we'll make a home movie. <laughs> and that's how they got their start. They made a lot of Super 8 movies back in high school. I, I highly recommend uh, to the listener out there, actually both, uh, If Chins Could Kill and Hail to the Chin, which are both of Bruce Campbell's autobiographical books. They are uh, really interesting. Kind of like a... It's a really interesting look at like the working man's Hollywood. Like you see all those supporting actors who show up in a lot of different TV shows, but never had like a reoccurring role. And you're like, gee, I wonder what it's like for them. Like, you know how they make their living and like, do they do well for themselves? It's a good, uh, look at like the working man's Hollywood away from the A-list glitz and glamor. Mm. Uh, and they're just funny and well-written. So I would definitely recommend both books. And, uh, they talk about, he talks about Army of Darkness and just working with Sam Raimi in general. Uh, Sam Raimi loves to torture his friends, <laughs> particularly when they're in his movies. That makes sense. That I can see that very, very much. Hmm. Hmm. He tells a funny story in the book yeah. of like during the filming of the original Evil Dead, uh, the movie blood they used used a uh, com- base component of Cairo syrup. Right. And, and that stuff is... It's really sticky. And, like, 
it's uncomfortable to have on you, but it doesn't like wash out of clothes and stuff. And one time Bruce in his infinite wisdom just like let his clothes dry with the syrup on it and like solidified to such an extent that when he like put them back on and like moved, they just like tore in half. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, turned it, it got crusty. You never let it get crusty. Yeah, like pasta sauce, you wash that shit off immediately. It is easy to get off before it solidifies, and then it, you gotta scrub it, scrub it real hard. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk. Let's talk about the the plot of this movie. So at the end of Evil Dead Two, uh, Ash speaks a passage from the Necronomicon, which he hopes will you know, seal away the evil, but he, he borks it a little bit and it opens up a portal and he's transported to medieval times, not the restaurant, like actual, uh, 1500s middle earth sort of the ancient lands. And mm-hmm. he is, uh, attacked. Well, not attacked. He's, he's taken by, uh shit i forget I, I remember duke henry but i don't remember the uh lord arthur yeah yes he's taken by lord arthur's men who go who take him as prisoner uh with duke henry's men who they think he's associated mm-hmm. with uh and they're being assaulted by deadites in this time right which the Close two it. kingdoms blame on each other Mm-hmm. So they're they're feuding, and they go to execute them. And the very bloodthirsty crowd, including the eventual love interest, who mm-hmm. just on sight walks they're, up, hauls up, smacks him. <laughs> they're a very impressionable crowd too. Yes, should say that. Um, because they when they see him, they're like, ah, kill him, we'll kill him, and they throw him into the sarlacc pit or whatever. <laughs> Well, the, they try to. Bruce pleads his case, but fucking some old bag with a like. There's two shots that I love in this. Like they they do like weirdly just close ups on a lot of the crowds, and one of the was this old bag who's like throw him in the pit and just chunks a huge bite of just straight bread. <laughs> <laughs> nothing on it, nothing between it, just straight bread. <laughs> And oh, they linger. They hold loves. on her chewing for like two or three chews. It's just perfect. Um, and then some other bag throws a rock at his head. And he does the most over-the-top dramatic stumble into the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> oh, but I, I skipped over the best part. So, like, they throw one of the prisoners into the pit. And it's just really quiet. And you hear this roll rumble. And then a fucking geyser of blood shoots out. So you're like, oh, that's bad news. But then when you see what's down in the pit, it makes <laughs> like, it so much better <laughs> as to how this could possibly happen. So he falls it goes th- down. Yeah, go ahead. And there's nothing. It's like a couple goblins. <laughs> a couple deadites in the pit. Yes. She has this kung fu fight with. Yes. It's a kung fu fighting deadite witch who does like fucking... Five backhand springs in a row into a up and just assaults him with ninja moves. She tries a hurricane rana at one point. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he defeats them. 
and uh, escapes. And then Mr. Pitt... With the chain. (laughs) Yeah, he puts his belt around the chain. Well, no, it actually kind of makes sense because it's the wench that's bringing the gates together is on that Mm -hmm. chain. So he, as the gates get closer, that chain rises up. So uh, it's a weird feature to have in your mechanical system, but it makes sense internally to the logic of the film. Uh, but he's he's still he's being he's on his belt. He's riding the chain up, and then one grabs him, and then Mister Pitt <laughs> comes in <laughs> and throws him his chainsaw, and and the just the greatest fucking eighties <laughs> montage click. <laughs> he fucking chainsaw hands off the deadite and um another one pops back up and he out of nowhere I don't know where he got a shotgun but he well he has it he he found it and he shot it and he delivers one of the greatest monologues in the history of cinema <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean you you know what it is yeah and no one could deliver it like him this. No. Oh, this is my boomstick. <laughs> Guys, this is my boomstick. S-Mart's top of heads. the line? <laughs> shop smart, shop S-Mart. You got that? You got that. Uh, so, they're immediately... They, they see him kill one dude, and they immediately fucking turn on respecting not only him but like his wishes to let the reds go they're just like okay sure well he had them at gunpoint so that i can kind of understand um we also had some Raimi cam because we had an escapee uh before the pit scene mm-hmm. where they the lord henry shoots a, a mini crossbow at and they Raimi cam the arrow into the guy <laughs> um oh Right through, right through his plate armor. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yes, yes, they can penetrate. I like how he died in two was... parts too, like because of how they edited it together. Um, but yeah, so they he's heralded as the chosen one by Mister Mister Pitt. They I guess were expecting a prophecy, um, and he's the prophesized hero who will seal the deadites away with the Necronomicon. Uh, so he goes on a quest on Necronomicon on the the premise of the deal that Mr. Pitt is going to send him back to his own time. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's assaulted by some deadites and, well, he's being fed grapes and stuff. And then uh, he gets to work. The town blacksmith makes him a new hand where we get the groovy line. Groovy, yep. And, and the, uh, he sets out on a horseback. Be- yes, the lady starts the romancing. <laughs> Just immediately, like, look, that was a weird one where she fucking slaps him. Yeah. He's like, this is you. And he just fucking buries her face in his face. <laughs> it was, yes, uh, it was a simpler they- time. <laughs> then he leaves the rest of the movie behind. He goes, I am about to do some Bruce Campbell shit. I'm going to do some solo questing. So we have the scene where he talked about where he fights the mini hymns. And then... Uh, Which was just insanity. I was like looking at this, I'm like... The, so, it was so indulgent. He's just like, we're just going to do a whole scene where you fight mini yous. 
in a, in a little windmill, and you're gonna have a fucking and a, you splits off, and you get to just ramble around in this weird ass costume. Yeah. Oh my god. Which actually, you know, that actually it does set up the main antagonist of the film. I guess it does. Um. It was. It's so so weird how. That so comes yeah, about. another one splits off of him, and he proclaims himself to be badass, and they. Have a conflict that ends up with uh, Good Ash shooting him in the face and burying him. <laughs> and then he gets to the Necronomicons. There's three of them. One, Two of them are false. One of them is real. And uh, we get some more overindulgent Bruce Campbell ham acting here. And yep. uh, I forgot to mention it, but the secret words are Clatio Verata Nicto, which are the words that activate Gort in the day the Earth stood still. Oh shit! I didn't even catch that. God damn it! That's amazing. Yeah, and um, he uh, after getting his hand bit and being sucked into one book that rearranged his face, um, he finally gets the right one. He of course forgets the words, so he of course he improvises and it doesn't go particularly well. And the the dead rise, and Evil Ash takes command of the army of the dead here, and they get ready to assault Lord Henry, but Bruce uh, rallies the troops, Ash rallies the troops to fight, and using the Oldsmobile and, and the chemistry book held within it, <laughs> uh, readies the troops' armies, and they get... Uh, Against the goofiest skeletons. This is, I think, where everyone learned that skeletons can be goofy. <laughs> yeah. They thought it was Skeletor, but no, this is this was that movie. Well, it's interesting because, like, totally, they were going for Jason and the Argonauts here, and mm -hmm. uh, I I don't know if like it was an intentional parody of that. I gotta feel like some of it was played up for that. Uh, but yeah, then we have the climax. They they take his girl who gets turned evil. So when he comes in on the Oldsmobile death machine, uh, he, he swerves it hard. Mm -hmm. uh, we yeah, have some more. And it was everything you expect from a fucking uh, Robin Hood siege of the castle scene. Yeah, it there's was, it was great. There's yeah. guardsmen, there's fencing on, on stairs. All the medieval stuff, all the training mod stuff comes back. Um... You know, it's it's just a fun romp, and then when things look bleak, bleak, like one of two male redheaded protagonists in the history of film rides in to save the fucking day. <laughs> Another reason why I love this movie. Um, it takes a real, it takes a really Hollywood outsider to make such a brave move. Yeah, I should have been Duke Henry. I should have thought about this costume a little bit more. It would have been easy for me because I have a beard and long red hair already. <laughs> you should have thought about this costume as much as I did. Yeah. But I guess that'll never happen. <laughs> How many could there possibly be left at this point? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> I would. That's why I asked the question. <laughs> I don't. I don't know either. <laughs> I think I might be turning into an SCP, guys. <laughs> Don't let the foundation know. Um, yeah, so we, we have some fun here. 
big climactic battle against uh, Skeleton Evil Ash, uh, which was wonderfully hokey. And he gets catapulted off on a big old bag of gunpowder. And right before he goes off, they do it. They do the like steaming top plate of the skull coming off. And it was say magnifique. And which ending is included on the version of the Prime Video one you watched? Is it the Esmer ending? So, yes. So he gets okay. back. It's all. So he comes back in the end of the movie. It's all set as a framing device of some story that he's probably. It looks like maybe he's just telling it to woo the girl, or some some escapade that he's telling one of the coworkers and like, okay, sure, whatever. Um, and he's like, did you say the words right? And he says the same thing that he said to uh, Mr. Pitt. I didn't say every single syllable okay, perfectly. Maybe I didn't say every single little syllable, but yeah, basically I said them. And then that's how you know. Then the Dead Eye Witch comes and they have a fight scene in the S-Mart. And he fucking, uh, he turns into Briscoe County Jr. <laughs> he t- Pre-Briscoe County Jr. <laughs> and fucking wheel guns. Yeah. Uh, you know her to death and he's like hail and then he fucking ends it with uh, another classic line hail to the king baby yeah so that is the version that made the ending that made into theatrical release there's an alternate ending that is available on the screwhead edition blu-ray which is what i watched um and that is where he drinks a potion given to him by Mr. Pitt, and he has to say the words to wake up in his own time. But he doesn't say them correctly, and he wakes to a future dystopia overrun by deadites, which was uh, something that they were doing to set up possibly in the future a fourth movie. But uh, they didn't have firm plans to do a fourth movie, and the studio thought that was too much of a downer ending for this style of movie although i get it like that's what i was predicting was like that's how you do kind of a time travel ending for a campy adventure like this is he comes back and the future's different oh no not again kill the dead little dead i said and you know and then clowns come out and fucking confetti rains from the sky and i get my tax return finally and Everything just keeps going on forever and ever. So I know the question you must all be asking is, Kurt, such a fan of this movie, which ending do you prefer? Um, Despite it being the original ending and perhaps more in character, I do prefer the Esmer ending just because it's it's more fun. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I I mean, I'll admit I haven't seen the other one, so I don't know how what it actually plays out like. I'm sure it's on YouTube. If you're curious. Yeah, I could probably look it up. If I had internet, <laughs> I say as I'm streaming on my phone. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, that's Army of Darkness. One of my favorite Halloween movies. It's, I think, on... Is, no, I think you have to rent it. I don't think it's available on any major streaming platform. Uh, let me just double check that. But I highly recommend that you go out. Um, okay, yeah. If, if you have stars through yeah, Hulu I, or anything, you would be able to watch it. 
but other than that, you'd have to rent it. Uh, but I highly recommend if you haven't seen this movie, watch it. If you're into campy movies, it's it's one of the better ones that you'll find. Um, and it's it's a legitimately well made movie. Like the plot and pacing is good. The the action is is good. The comedy is good. Um, but it's just delightfully campy. And I think the best way to watch this is actually the DVD version because in that version, they didn't go back and paint out the wire in the scene where he's sucked back in the portal and you can clearly see the wire when he's spinning around because I guess they used like pre-finished footage of from that scene amazing. in Evil Dead. That's um, amazing. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. And I really wish they had left that in. But yeah, Army of Darkness, watch it. Uh, it's a Halloween tradition. I watch Ghostbusters and Army of Darkness uh, every year on Halloween. So I'm actually going to go watch Ghostbusters after we finish up here. Um, be swinging by our stream, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. More Mass Effect 3. Uh, I was contemplating doing like a one-off of a, a spoopy game, but I don't really have any spoopy games. We really want to finish this up. Because now that Cyberpunk's been delayed, um, we got a little more window to work with something else. Mm. Not that I'm guaranteeing we're going to do Cyberpunk. And if we do, it's not going to be a blind playthrough because I, there's no way I'm going to sit on my hands and only play it once a week. So, like, we yeah. we do a stream playthrough, but I'd be doing my own playthrough in, in the background. So that's how that would work if we stream Cyberpunk. Stretch goals. Which. Yep. I mean, it will be the most relevant title at the time, but we'll we'll see. We might want to do some more multiplayer madness stuff and uh, Borderlands 3 gun games coming up. But anyway, all that's in the future or Victory Rush, whatever it is. Um, that's coming in the future. Tonight, Mass Effect 3, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we've also been doing Sundays at 1 uh, recently, so uh, be sure to stay tuned to our Twitter because uh, I do often tweet before we go live. Not every time. Sometimes I forget. I need to get that automatic integration going on that. Um, get a bot. Yeah, get a bot. Uh, and um, SaturnStuds.com, place where you can find our social media. Twitter is at StudsSaturn, Facebook.com, backslash SaturnStuds podcast. Uh, drop us a like and a review or whatever on your favorite podcasting app of choice. We're on them all. So you can, if you can review it, then please do that because it helps us out <laughs> quite a bit. Um, and on that note, I think it's time to wrap it up. Until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it is 1995. Peace. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.